I'm Sarah McDowell, and this is SEO in 2023. Sarah, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? Glad you asked. Whenever we are creating new or improving existing website pages and content, we need to be thinking about people first. You know, the people who are actually reading the content rather than the search engines. Okay, why? So traditionally, as SEOs, we create and write for search engines first, and then we tend to think about the people second, because that's how we've kind of been taught, like, we're thinking about search engines, we're thinking about Google, and this means that people are often an afterthought, which if you think about it, doesn't make much sense and so we need to change this approach. Over the years search engines such as Google have increasingly become aware of this and want SEOs and website owners to prioritize people and not them. As at the end of the day people are Google's customers right? This means the experience people have on website pages is important, especially if Google wants to maintain the high market share they have when compared to other search engines such as Bing, Yahoo, etc. And if you look at the SERPs, you can see that there has been a recent shift and Google is awarding sites that are people first, where the focus is on the people who are reading the content rather than search engines. This is especially evident after Google's helpful content update algorithm update, which rewarded sites that created people first content. So what does people first mean in practice then? Does it actually mean keywords don't matter anymore, you just think about the user in mind and write whatever comes to mind. Yes, so I am glad you asked this. So like, how how do we think people first? What do I actually mean? Uh, now I wanna do a shout out to an incredible woman in the SEO industry called Lily Ray. Sure, she's on this project. <laughs> is she? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Oh, yes. So she works at Amsiv Digital as Senior Director, SEO and Head of Organic Research. And she wrote a blog all about the helpful content update after analysing the SERPs after the rollout. One of the topics she covers is how to avoid a search engine first approach to writing content. So according to Lily, Google says that if you answer yes to the following questions, you probably have content that is written for search engines and not humans. So question number one, has the content been created to attract people from SERPs rather than made for humans? Question two, are you covering lots of topics in the hope that something sticks and works? Question three, do you have extensive automation in place to create content on many topics? Number four, Are you summarizing what others have said rather than adding your own value? Question five, are you writing about something because it's trending when you wouldn't normally bother? Question six, does your content leave readers with more questions? Do they have to go elsewhere to get an answer? Question seven, are you writing a particular word count because you've heard Google has a preferred word count? They don't. Question eight, did you decide to write on a niche topic, not because you have the expertise and you feel like you can add something, but just because you thought you'd get traffic? And question nine, does your content promise to answer a question that actually has no answer? For example, a release date for a product when one hasn't been confirmed. So does this mean that it's not worthwhile optimizing your site for any keyword at all, for instance? I get what you're saying in terms of writing for humans and just thinking 
about humans when you're writing that content. And that will help you phrase things in a manner that is more appropriate for your target customer and only write as long a piece as is required to answer the particular question that you're focusing on, if you're focusing on a question. But surely it would be more beneficial to do some keyword research then, optimise the title, uh, incorporate that in the title, perhaps um, have a few H tags, and then maybe tweak the content a little bit to incorporate the keyword phrase that you're targeting. Is it still appropriate to do that? Yes. So we, as SEOs, we still need to be optimizing for keywords. We still need to be um, making sure that what people are going to Google to search for, we are mentioning mentioning those terms in our content. It's more about questioning that content before we write it. So is like, can we write something that we're going to add more value to rather than just rehashing something that's already out there just to hopefully rank do you know what I mean so rather it's more about thinking about the strategy of it and going after content that makes sense where you have expertise where you can add a viewpoint where you've got your own data or where you've got an expertise that you can cover that's not quite been covered yet and also Obviously, we need to be including sort of like, so you can research people also ask to see like what people are searching there, but don't just be limited to that. Go the step further. So for example, use questions that you get from customers. Something that we have on all of our blogs on our website is a little like, how did we do with our content at the bottom? And here we ask what people liked about the content and what people didn't like the content. And that is so valuable to us because we can see like things that people like, but also topics that we didn't get quite right, questions that we didn't answer. And we can find out, okay, we've not quite answered that question because of this feedback. Here's how we can improve it. So how do search engines determine that a piece of content was written for humans and therefore is a better piece of content and should be ranked higher than other pieces of content that wasn't written for humans? So Google have a couple of things that they can um, use to their advantage. So for example, um, something that they will consider is dwell time, right? So how long someone is actually sticking on your page and reading your content, right? If your dwell time is low, if you've got, if people aren't sticking around and aren't actually reading that content, then Google knows that that's not a helpful bit of content, right? People aren't sticking around. People aren't enjoying the user experience isn't great. They've also got other things that they can use so for example eat so eat was rolled back I can't really off the top of my head I can't remember when it was rolled out a while ago Uh, but eat stands for expertise Expertise, authority authority and trust trust yeah absolutely yeah and since that rollout Google's getting better and better at um, knowing what is authentic and expert content rather than information that's been regurgitated and doesn't offer anything new. So they're getting better at analysing the content and who wrote it, who's behind it. And they will continue to get better at this, okay? So not only do we need to be asking those questions that I highlighted earlier, and that will help us avoid writing content for search engines but we also need to think okay how can I show to Google that my content and my website has the expertise has the authority and they can be trusted in what they're saying like who are you author bios links to research that you've done links to mentions all of that stuff 
that's going to become more and more important to Google. So if you're writing an article for your website, if someone's writing an article for you, then is it essential nowadays to have an author bio or an author page or, or at least be linking that article to an individual author that you're trying to, to build up credibility for? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's, that's really important, especially for industries that fall into your money or your life. So where Google deems like if someone's going to read content that's going to affect money or life, medical websites, for example, that's more and more important because these claims that you're saying, you need to back it up. Who are you to say that? So for example, on the content that we're writing on Captivate's website, we need to show that the author behind what we're writing about knows what they're talking about. Do you know what I mean? So if it's a piece by Mark, for example, he's a serial podcaster. He's been in the podcasting industry for years. Sorry, that's Mark Asquith. He's founded lots of different initiatives and companies and stuff. So he's got the expertise to write about these kind of things. If it's something to do with SEO specifically and podcasts, I need my author bio on there because I've got my experience I've been working in SEO for 10 years I've had multiple different SEO podcasts and and things like this so we need to be showing Google the authors and who's behind the content because it's only gonna help Google trust our content. So Mark um, Asquith you know I I know him fairly well as well is a fan of Star Wars and oh gosh, um, you're, not, you're not going to ask me about Star Wars, are you? I'm not, I'm not. No, but okay. uh, He's published a podcast about Star Wars in the past. So if, for example, someone has written about something that um, is quite different to what your new business is about or the, the new company that you've moved to is about, um, if Mark, for instance, built up his authority as a Star Wars expert... And he started writing for Captivate. Now, I know he's got expertise in the podcasting world, but just in this example, let's say that he's just an expert at Star Wars and not had much history in the podcasting world. Would Google start to get confused and start to think, well, is Captivate about Star Wars and associate some of that previous author's knowledge with what they're likely to be writing about in the future? Yes, and that's why relevancy is key, right? So why, why is Captivate, who is a podcast host, writing about Star Wars? Okay, like it's not relevant. We're a, we're a podcast hosting platform. Captivate aren't experts in Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Like, so again, is, like when, we, when we're thinking about the content that we're writing, yes, we need to be thinking about eat, but relevancy, right? So it goes back to my earlier point. Are you just writing about a topic or putting a piece of content together because you see a trend, like a topic is trending, right? And you wouldn't normally mm. bother with it sort of thing. So relevancy is definitely important. So the content that you're writing has to be relevant to you as a professional or you as a website and what you offer, okay? So relevancy is always gonna be important. It's an interesting challenge for Google, though, understanding who the entity is and what their expertise is in. Because if you look at someone like Jason Barnard, um, he's been a cartoon character in the past. He is a musician, but he's also an SEO expert focusing in on entities as well. And sometimes Google is a little bit confused about when they search for his name, how to describe him. 
Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, that's always going to be the case, isn't it? Like if a name has different personas or things like that, Google can only use intent to a certain certain level. So it depends, like for a generic search, just for their name, that's when you might get confusing. Like you'll get all manner of different people popping up on your search results. However, if you do that name, for example, that you said, and then cartoon character or that name in SEO, Google should hopefully get better at understanding that. And they are a machine at the end of the day, aren't they? Yeah. And they're going to get things wrong. And yeah, it's interesting to see that sort of thing. But I only imagine that Google's going to improve and get better at that side of, side of things. Absolutely. They'll continue to get things wrong, but hopefully they'll get things slightly better. But I think it emphasises the importance of educating Google as to what your entity is about, um, yes. what it represents and incorporating, as you said, their phraseology in there that kind of describes the industry that you happen to be in at the same time. Exactly. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? Something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023. So, um, this might be an interesting one to say, but what I think SEO shouldn't be doing is getting too hung up on Google algorithm updates. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So whenever there's an announcement that Google has rolled out this new algorithm update or a core algorithm up update, there's normally like panic, isn't there? There's panic in the industry like, ah, and I get that because it can be a scary time, especially if you end up having a decrease in traffic or your rankings and all that stuff. However, you just got to be what I would recommend is Google is always going to be updating its algorithm it's always going to improve in it they do something like 2000 a day right so like one, when one gets talked about it's because it's affected enough websites um, so as long as you are prioritizing people first content you are thinking about your eat you're thinking about your relevancy and ultimately anything that you're doing to your website so website speed sorting out your cumulative layout shift on a page layout images as long as whatever you're doing has the user in mind people in mind and you're not trying to game search engines such as google you should be okay and if an algorithm update does roll out and you and you are negatively impacted you can look and have, and then look at, okay, what, what's going on where I'm trying to game the algorithm? What can I do? But that, that's what I would say. Well, Sarah McDowell is SEO manager at Captivate and you can find her over at captivate.fm. Sarah, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you so much for having me. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com. 